Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus in chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. Let us listen now for God's word to us this morning. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and have done everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit at all times and in every prayer and supplication. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. The International Bike Race is headed our way in just about a month. On the last day, Sunday, September 26th, they're going to race right down Cary Street Road, directly in front of this church, about 9 o'clock on that Sunday morning. 200 bikers in the final race. I'm sure during that week we are going to learn more about the sport of biking and bike racing than we ever imagined, maybe more than we ever wanted to know. We're going to hear about the equipment, I'm sure. These bikes are a modern marvel of science and technology and beauty. We will learn about gear ratios and tire pressure and balance and aerodynamics. And we will hear about what happens when a 21st century bicycle meets an 18th century cobblestone street downtown in Richmond. Each team, of course, wants to get its gear together and have just the right stuff ready for every condition and for each of the races. But, of course, finally, it is about the right stuff within the rider. Training, stamina, balance, strategy, teamwork. Can the team position its best rider to be in the best position to take off for the finish line right near the end of the race? It all comes down to the last few hundred yards. After having pedaled for a hundred miles, can that racer dig deep and pull out the strength to dash toward the end? Will she or he have the right stuff to make it to the finish line. That's what 
the race is all about. Both our Bible passages this morning from the letter to the Ephesians are about the right stuff. Both of them are about the team having what it needs to reach the finish line, which is maturity in Christ. As it says, grow up into Christ who is the head of the church. The goal line for our maturity. Ephesians chapter 4 gives us a list of the roles in this team. It's like a playbook for a football game. There are wide receivers and quarterbacks and tackles and tight ends. There are prophets and apostles and teachers and leaders and evangelists and servants, all a part of helping us grow up together. And then over in chapter 6, the image switches to a military image and the equipment that a Roman soldier wears, the whole armor of God is the image. The belt of truth, the breastplate of doing what is right, shoes for traveling to share the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, prayer and more prayer and more prayer. All of this is about living the faith. It's not about gathering to preserve some ancient book. We're not here to dust the books in our library and be glad that we own them. It's not about simply holding the fort against secularism, terrorism, commercialism. This is not a museum where we come to honor the past. It's a mission, it is a family, it is a place of growing up, getting better next year than we are this year at loving and serving God, being more grounded in our knowledge of scripture so that we may indeed stand on that knowledge in good times and bad, that we may be more compassionate, more generous, more patient more thirsty to work for justice in the larger community. Not just children, not just the youth group, but all of us are here to grow up in Christ, to grow into the right stuff. The first thing that I want us to see in these two passages is that we do this together. Often when someone preaches on the whole armor of God, of course, there's this checklist of equipment, and the pastor goes down the checklist of equipment, the belt, the breastplate, the helmet, the shield, the sword, and that's all good. But I remember from my high school Latin class and from anything on the History Channel about the Roman soldier, the whole point of the Roman soldier's equipment is that he's lined up in a phalanx. And all this equipment is designed to be overlapping and interlocking with the other 15 soldiers that are lined up with him and the 10 that are lined up behind. These put their shields up interlocking. The sword is designed to reach in certain directions. The ones behind hold their shields up to protect against the arrows. And the whole group together marches forward. A soldier who gets out of the ranks, who gets out ahead, is a sitting duck. 
we are in this together, and the gear is the right stuff to help us stand together, grow together. Growing up in Christ, in small group studies, in youth group, in men's fellowship breakfast, session meetings, deacons, gatherings, choir practice, band practice, all of this is about being together to grow up into the maturity, into the right stuff. Nobody does this alone or on her own or his own. And so we indeed have teachers and apostles and prophets and servants to help this family do well together. It's the together part that makes this alive and lively. I had an incredible moment, God moment this summer of worship while off traveling. And it was not in somebody's beautiful sanctuary. It was on the back porch of a rental property where Summer's clan had gathered for a family reunion. And we had four generations there. So from four years old to 94 years old, 30, 35 people. And some days all the teenagers got along well with each other, and other days the teenagers were all, you know, after each other. But on Sunday morning we went out and we sat together on the back porch and we sang some sort of camp songs to make sure the children knew easy songs down by the riverside since we were near the river and Jesus loves the children, all the children of the world. Lord, listen to your children praying. And then somebody read a scripture, I think it was off of an iPhone, that they read the morning scripture lesson. We're in t-shirts and shorts and sandals. And the niece, who is an ordained minister in North Carolina, led the family in prayer. And then my 94-year-old dad, for the benediction, began talking about the 23rd Psalm. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. What made that an incredible morning of worship was that we were together doing that. That's what we bring to each other in this place as we have generations from babes in arms up into the 90s gathering for worship. And we may read scripture off a screen and we may read it out of the book and we may simply quote something we've memorized. But it's because we are together that we grow in Christ, that we grow up into the right stuff. Even when you sit at home alone to read a devotional, to offer prayer, to ask for God's help and guidance and mercy, perhaps at the beginning of your day, even when you sit there by yourself, you are in this with the rest of us and we're doing the same thing. Even in those moments of solitude, we pray, Our Father, give us, forgive us, lead us not, deliver us. We are in this together so that together we may grow into Christ, who has made us family and fellowship of believers. The second thing that I want us to see is that we have everything we need. The right stuff is already here. 
Now, I receive magazines every month about things I like to do, fly fishing, golf, tennis. And if you look at the pages of these periodicals, they all have the same strategy. Some expert, some pro writes an article in which he tells you the absolute piece of equipment that you have to have to get out of the sand trap, to get that big trout to come out of the dark and up after the fly, or absolutely the right strings you have to have on your tennis racket to get that 110 mile an hour serve. And when the article is over, the next three pages are selling you that gear. The companies that want you to know that you don't have enough stuff in your closet, you need more gear, more flies in the tackle box, new strings in the tennis racket, a bigger, faster, made out of super space age material driver to get five more yards down the fairway. Or in my case, five yards deeper in the woods on the right-hand side of the golf course. What I'm here to say this morning is that we already have what we need. We have the right stuff in this congregation in order to help each other grow up. We have generous people who put their money in the offering plate, who make pledges year after year, who look at their family budgets and then prayerfully consider what God wants them to contribute to the ministry of Christ in this place. We have 425 families or individuals who sign pledge cards every year for $1.3 million in giving in this place. It is incredible how generous this congregation is. And then many go on to make extra gifts to help the poor, to support a mission worker or a mission trip, or to help a seminary student. God is good, and we have what we need to grow up in Christ. We have those people that Paul names in his list, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, servants of Jesus. We have people organizing Bible studies, setting up fellowship meals, mentoring confirmands, tutoring in the city, organizing risk rallies to work for greater equality in the community. We have people gathering to learn to sing the songs of Zion or teaching the children to sing Jesus Loves Me. As we listen to what the Spirit is saying to this congregation, each of us finds that place where we bring what we have, and we have what we need. One of the most exciting things for me as a pastor is to be with someone who has found his or her place in our ministry together. For that person has a joy, a centeredness, a gladness that is contagious. It may be a brand new member, and it may be a member who's been around for years who has found that place where the Spirit brings the right stuff for this ministry to grow. Last week, some of our members during the sharing time here talked about helping with summer camp on the hill over on Churchill, a summer program for children so that they could read and practice their school skills, play and sing and be in a safe place together. And the people who shared that, their faces were glowing when they 
about experience of being with those children. I love it when new officers here give us their statements of faith because over and over again they tell of finding that place in the ministry of Christ of having a God moment while visiting a shut-in or repairing a house in Appalachia or studying the scriptures in a small group early in the morning. They share those places where God brings them into the fellowship and they have the right stuff to offer. I'm here to tell you that we have what we need because God is generous and God equips the saints, you and me, for what God intends for us to do. As I read this lesson from the letter to the Ephesians, what is clear is that you are the right stuff. You are the right stuff. You have the right stuff to be sisters and brothers in Christ, to get the gears working together so that we may have a great race reach that finish line. Thanks be to God. God is good and good to us as a part of worship each week. We offer to God our tithes and offerings.